Blog Talk Radio. Cocktail might help. Cocktail of the week might help. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. Well, let's see. Uh, Shall we go into the uh, top of the hour conversation? Yeah. What you got for us, Papa Didi? Um, You know, tonight I wanted to talk about just for a minute, run around the round table. You know what? What gives people the right? To, uh, I've never done it personally, but what gives people the right to take possession of neighborhoods? Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. And and I, when I when I say it, let me let me uh, break it down a little further. You know, different people have been living in neighborhoods, or they got their houses back back when you know mostly people of another persuasion. Let's say we won't call out nobody. But, you know, people have been nestled in, you know, that, that's a, you, you find that a lot in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Or at least when we being close to an area I'm familiar with. Where these different counties and these different, uh, what do you call them? What do you call counties? or Right. Yeah, right, counties. These different counties are so dominated by the same people for so long. And they got a stronghold on the, the, the uh, council, the school district, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when anybody come up with anything different, they want to just raise hell. They want to bring a Walmart. Oh, we don't want a Walmart. You know, they want to bring a Seven. Oh, we want a Seven Eleven. You know. Mm-hmm. But my question tonight is, what gives you the right to think you holding down this neighborhood? What, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, somebody come move there. Why are you looking at them with the side eye? Cause they paying full price for their house. You inherited yours from your grandmammy. Uh oh. You know what I mean? Probably never even pay mortgage. Just pay taxes on the damn thing. Mm. But the question is, not to get off base, is what gives people possession of these, let's say, suburban neighborhoods where, you know, they think they run this shit. You know. Mm. I'm going to go to Kettle first. <laughs> um, that kind of reminds me of old Baptist churches. You know how you have the elders and everybody else has been there for... 99 years, they don't want no change. I think that's the biggest thing. Change is is scary. And I believe they want um, just to continue to have control over what's not even theirs. I mean, you know, you're supposed to come together as a unit and, and 
and work together, not just, oh, it's only my way and that's it. So I just think it's, it's, it's the biggest thing is change. People don't want to want try to give as far as, even if you just saw small, small changes, you know, nothing drastic, you know, over time. But they don't want to bend. They don't want to change. That's the bottom line. Change is, is I think it's fearful for some people. I think that's what it is. Change and power. I think those two things go hand in hand to me as far as that. I agree with you on the both of those. I think sometimes the issue just has to do with uh, the people who've been there for the longest. They really do feel like they have more ownership than, say, somebody who's only lived there a year or two, five years or so. If they were there when the neighborhood was first constructed, they really do feel like, you know, they got the history, they know all about everything there is to know, and they feel like it should be up to them. You know, like it, like you said about the control. They think that they have the right to say whether or not a supermarket or a Walmart or a convenience store or whatever, it should be allowed. And they get really bent out of shape if their voices don't get more weight than somebody else's. And I feel like everybody's voice should have the same amount of weight. I don't care if you were there for 40 years versus somebody that was there for four years. If it's going to be put to a vote, then your vote is still just one vote. That's the way I see it. Mm. What you got to say about it, Papa? Well, um, I can I can definitely understand what both of y'all are saying, but... One thing I said on the question, too, is, uh, oh, did I say that? Um, oh, when I was paraphrasing in the beginning, is that most of these people came there prior to anything being what it is. They don't realize how much they have changed themselves. Mm-hmm. But the people that are coming in there now, especially in today's world, they're paying, they're paying full price for these houses, if not higher. Now, like I said earlier, and you you move next door to someone who inherited this house, you know, okay. who got less the the overhead that you have, but they front the game like you know, yeah, well this is my house, da, da, yeah, well cost of living is something else. Well, how would you know? You paying five thousand in taxes a year, and that's it. Even though it's five thousand a year, mm-hmm. but somebody else is paying five thousand in taxes and five thousand in mortgage. So they kicking a thousand dollars on the joint. You just kicking five. You know, I mean, they kicking five thousand. You kicking ten thousand or whatever. And but I just feel like people that been somewhere a long time, like y'all said, they're they're afraid of change. You know, especially when change of another color, another persuasion. You know, because in most cases they're done having kids, and then some young jokers come in there, and when they meet the woman, she's pregnant already. You know what I mean? Not to mention saying, oh, yeah, we're going to come here to start our family, and she's already pregnant, and sound like they got visions of three more kids in their mind. And, <laughs> you know, and the neighbors is 55, 60 years old. Yeah. And they ain't trying to look at no skateboards and all that coming down the damn street and all kinds of remote control cars or whatever else young people bring to the table. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting for everything, and not just that, but... They don't want the Walmart because they feel it's going to bring trouble and all that. But 
Hell, I don't care if Walmart builds right next door to my ass. I <laughs> love it. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> that's just my take on it. All righty. Well, that was something to think about there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's shift gears and jump into the rundown. If you're ready, Kettle, let's do it. Fire it up. Sure. All right, fire it up. Light a match to it. All right, right. what you got for us tonight? In focus, Alabama neighborhoods dealing with raw sewage floods. Also, James Madison's plantation backtracking on promise. And Disney government disillusion bill signed by Florida governor. Also, our cocktail of the week. I got a good one tonight. What's popping with Papa Didi? We're going to lighten it up with our weird news. Science explains why oil queen only sticks to one wafer. Okay. Also, Easter Bunny uh, inadvertently hands out eggs stuffed with condoms. All righty. And a two-headed snake gifted the zoo after it became too flaky. I'm just saying with red wine, they made it legal again. Living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood rapper, the ticket list, and the last word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with In Focus. Hey, this is Redwine, just doing a few promos for the Pajama Party Adult Online Radio Talk Show. You know how we do it, PJs only, no clothes allowed, and I was just trying to get this done. Hey, Redwine, are you talking about the Pajama Party? where we talk about hot topics, movie reviews, living for the city, and what's popping with me about Didi. I know yeah, you guys aren't doing this fight without me. Carol with the Yellow Top. Did you tell everybody that um, they can reach us at apajamaparty.com or call us live, 914-803-4306. Check us out on Twitter, and don't forget to kiss the list. Okay, now is the time for me to sing. Oh, oh me, no, me, no, me, no, me, no, me. We don't have to talk all that. What was she Aww. Let's get back to Hi, welcome back to the John Party. When he goes, Papa Didi, I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darlings. All right, it's time to get in focus. And we're going to go to you first, Kettle. What you got? Okay, let me see. This is, this is, this is strange, but it doesn't surprise me. Residents in Lowe's County, this is a rural area in Alabama, are victims of inhumane living conditions. Forty percent of homes in the county have inadequate or no sewage systems. And, of course, most of the population is black, the rate of 22 percent. Since plumbing systems in the houses of the inhabitants aren't working or incorrectly tied into the county system, they are forced to pump sewage into holes in their yards. Come on, y'all. Really? So using yeah, using P V C pipes to transport waste from homes into these holes is commonly referred to as straight piping. So the residents can opt to pay for opt to pay for sewage to be pumped to lagoons in close proximity to their homes since state and local governments fail to install a centralized sewage system. Oh, but it's the government's fault. Come on now. So such horrible conditions um, come with a health risk. Uh, n- no shit. One out of three adults 
in this county has tested positive for um, intestinal parasites called hookworms. They have been um, exposed by walking barefoot or soil uh, that contains infected feces. Um, the Justice Department held its first public meeting in the county early this month. This is their first meeting, really? Um, That's terrible. Who is this? Head of Lowe's County Chamber of Commerce. He needs to be put on the kissing list. Ozell Hubert, head of the Lowe's County Chamber of Commerce, expressed his concern. Whether it's discrimination, direct or indirect, the net result is we need a waste management system, he explained. We need a treatment center for this town to address the issues and as a health care problem. Okay. So he's, tr- he's trying to do wow. something. So in response to cases like the one in Lowe's County, the Biden administration has requested $1.4 million from Congress to open an uh, environmental justice office within the Justice Department. Man, it, this, this just reaps a whole lot of BS to me. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I, I'm to just, say. I'm, I'm just floored that in this day and time, how is it that they don't even have public sewage in the homes in, in that part of Alabama? What is that about? I don't get it. I just don't understand that. You have to explain that to me. I don't get it. I mean, so they're you're having about to Alabama. pump that stuff out? Yeah. And then, just, they say that, so then they're saying that the, that the person has to pay for if you wanted to go somewhere else. That's crazy. I don't understand. But these it's are people that are, like, but aren't these people, like, below the poverty line and whatnot? Yeah. So, okay, I see that their population is is a little bit under 10, almost 10,000. Hmm. That's crazy. I don't understand that. That's a lot of people. Even if it was just 8,000, when you have thousands of people, how do you have thousands of people and you don't have any public sewage? (laughs) I I just don't get it. We're not talking about some little hole-in-the-wall town that has 20 people that they figured, okay, it costs too much and blah, blah, blah. Even that is not acceptable, but at least that would have made a little more sense. But this is thousands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And what was that man's name? Odell what, what who? What part of Alabama was this? Lodes. Lodes County, mm-hmm. Alabama. It's a rural area right outside of Alabama. The county is named um, in honor of William Lodes. He's a mean, member of the United of States Congress. Uh, Alabama. I mean, what, what city is it? What popular city is it near? Did it say what, what city it's close to? Um, Baylor College like of Medicine? Um, no, it doesn't say. Mm-mm. We'll find I wonder what the closest uh, city was to that. Yeah, this is crazy. I, I, I just, I just like you said, this day in town, I just don't get it. Um, it's part of Montgomery, Alabama metropolitan area. Oh. Yeah, Lowe's County is, is a part of Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Does it say a, a racial, uh, what racial population is in that area? Or does it speak on that when you pull up that town? 
You know, usually yeah, they. She said yeah. it was. What'd you say? It was like forty percent black. Twenty-two percent. Twenty-two percent. Double the double the amount of the national average, and that's crazy. Hmm. So it's, wow. it's definitely some type of a slum. So it's poor black. Right. A lot of poor black people. No public sewage. People dealing with hookworms. So they live. They living the back in the Stone Ages. Pretty much. Right, right. And nobody ever woke him up to uh, anything. Hmm. And you mm-hmm. said that the guy's name from the uh, Commerce Department is Odell what? Uh, Hubert. Ozell. Hubert. Ozell Hubert. Mm-hmm. Ozell he's, 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 he's trying to help. I don't think he should be on the kiss list, but I think he sounds, sounds like he's trying to help. Yeah, it's a little late for that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this didn't just start. If they don't have a public sewage, they means they didn't have it before. So this was not a 2022 problem. So apparently when they go in their outhouses, when they go in their outhouses, the the feces just migrates into the soil, and the soil is growing all kinds of worms, and they're just growing. Hmm. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. That is terrible. Interesting. No, right. he's going on the kiss it list because it's too late for that. Right. Yeah, that's very. Uh, so it, it it does mention that it is part of the um, Black Bell um, where cotton plantations were developed in the um, antebellum years, and agriculture continued as a dominant part of the economy. So. Um, we we know that's that's deep south, so they don't get. They don't, I'm sorry, but they don't give a shit. They just don't care. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. It, it's sad. Yeah, them people living back in, in complete poverty and nobody. Yeah. You know, taking a uh, or trying to bring them up to date. I mean, I'm, I'm sure with them living in poverty, they are they probably just as uneducated and unaware. You know, and their minds are at a, at a place where they just live for the now and you you never know they could mm-hmm. be in such a stagnant state of mind that um, they don't even realize how how bad off they are but it's interesting that now the government wants to put an environmental office of some sort to look right. at situations like this I'm like why because well, now you're scared you're going to get sick yeah, they're looking to see how fast it's growing I mean you know a germ or a parasite or any kind of a I think they're worried about lawsuits because even though these people may be backwoods, now that it's out and the word is out mm-hmm. and people are reading about it, you better believe some attorneys it's are going to reach out and say, y'all are sitting on a class action lawsuit. On a gold mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. And I hope they sue that state, the state of Alabama, for everything they can get. Because nobody mm-hmm. should be living mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So the population of uh, blacks is Almost seventy percent, and white is um, less than thirty. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's the number I was looking. Yeah. That's the number I was looking for, mm-hmm. cause that, and yeah. that shows just what the makeup is. And right. you know, it's so sad mm-hmm. how they can uh, bomb uh, Black Wall Street like that, but then when mm-hmm. it comes to another black neighborhood that is poverty stricken and ruined in uh, feces and all kinds of parasites and everything, they just let that. Go, but that's going to mm-hmm. grow. That's going to grow. Yeah, they just everywhere. let them just die slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends mm-hmm. on what's uh, near there because that whole soil could get into, like you said, the agriculture and get into the tomatoes or the 
soybeans or whatever somebody's growing 10 miles away. You never know. That parasite could be growing underground like wildflowers. So, mm. anyway. Okay. The well, Rose, Alabama. Yep. Well, speaking of plantations, I got another one for you. This one is out of Virginia, the James Madison Plantation. That's uh, Montpelier uh, in Virginia. Yeah, well, here's the story. Uh, this this man, James Albert French, his great-great-great-grandparents were enslaved on a nearby plantation <clears throat> Excuse me. before buying their freedom and building an A-frame house that is still standing on that plantation. It's sitting way back in some boxwood trees in Montpelier, and this is the land that was owned by our fourth president, James Madison, president number four. Now, the history of the area, of course, is very rich because of James Madison and all that, but what the concern is, is they're saying that the history of the enslaved people is being kind of swept under the rug. So this gentleman, James French, is working with a group, a nonprofit group, that's trying to make sure that that history is not lost. And the shorter version of the story is that James French has been trying to work with the uh, the association that maintains the James Madison plantation to make sure that, you know, because they get a lot of visitors and stuff. People want to come and see it and see all the history and blah, blah, blah. So they're trying to work with their nonprofit called the Montpelier Descendants Committee, uh, and they're trying to make sure that the stories of enslaved people don't get lost. So it, it what the bottom line is that, there was an agreement that was made with the people who maintain the plantation and the descendants organization that they were going to put board members from the descendants organization on the board of the organization that maintains this plantation and all just to make sure that there would be equal and fair representation going forward. And everything seemed to be going along fine until last summer the whole deal started falling apart. And the folks who run the plantation started firing people, basically the sympathizers with the descendants organization, started getting fired left and right. And before you knew it, the majority of the staff that was working there who was siding with the descendants organization were getting the boot. So now what's happening is that the descendants organization is saying that this is not fair, that they are reneging on the promise that they made that said we will make sure that the history of the enslaved people and the stories and all are not lost because they wanted to make sure that when people take the tours and come through there that they're not just getting the glorified picture of, oh, it was such a wonderful life living on the plantation and just forget about, you know, the, the, the downside of dealing with the enslaved people's stories. So that that's basically what's going on. I mean, it's the typical situation, you know. They sat there and did the kumbaya, yes, yes, we are in concerned and we want to make sure we're fair. We're going to give you seats on the board and everything is going to be wonderful until it was time to do it. And then they start coming up with all of the BS and excuses, and the whole deal is now falling apart. 
but uh, the gentleman James French, who's with the um, Descendants Organization, he's basically saying that if the way he sees it, even with all the tension and everything, he's saying that if the current leadership of Montpelier is incapable of doing what they promised they would do, then maybe they just need new leadership. So we'll see what happens. Interesting. I, mean, interesting. I have some interest in going down there, but you know, for folks who go down and see these kind of places and whatnot. And this stuff didn't happen that long ago. No. Don't let the twenty in front of the year fool you, because uh, this stuff was in the eighteen hundreds, which wasn't but a hundred years ago. Anyway. Um, I'm, I'm checking out the website, and it's interesting. Uh, you can go visit the enslaved community tour. Who in the hell wants to see that depressing shit? Come on, people. Come on, people. This this tour is going on tomorrow. Tomorrow at noon. The yeah, walking you'd be tour of significant sites examines of the uh, America's largest paradox, a nation where, quote-unquote, all men are created equal, built by those who are denied the exact freedoms they were laboring to establish. Kiss my damn ass. Probably not here. What in the hell is going on? Oh, you know, no, they can come you. up with some stuff. They come up with You're some right. stuff. And all, all his organization was saying is that, look, you agreed to put some of us on the board. Let's just do that. And then we can make sure that everything is equitable and makes sense. You know, and and that makes sense. But I guess that was too much common sense for these folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm putting, Montpelier, I'm putting the Montpelier plantation on the kissing list. I just can't. I, I mean, that word plantation gets on my damn nerves. Anyway, I know. So all a part of history. All right. We're going to keep it moving. Oh, but wait. I'm going to say one more thing, and then I'm off of it. You know uh-huh. how sometimes when you go to uh, different um, resorts and all, and there's uh-huh. a lot of resorts that are actually on plantations uh-huh. in various areas, I have a problem even going to those. You know, uh-huh. even though it has no resemblance to a plantation, if you still have the word plantation in the name of it, I don't want to uh-huh. go. I don't care how beautiful it is. I don't care how many pools, how many bars, how many whatever you got. If you still mm-hmm. call it a plantation, you can keep it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm done. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. What you got, Papa Diddy? Well, I tell you what, if you want to see that firsthand, one place that celebrates it and says it very every very clearly is Williamsburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens, everything down there is a plantation tour or the plantation this or the plantation trail. And they just they bass in it and they wear their little outfits like, you know, their you know, little outfits oh, yeah, they wear they down do there all in the Bush Gardens. Yeah, colonial, like they you know it's just a, it's a mess. Yeah, I pass on that one. Anyway, yeah, Bush Gardens. What's mm-hmm. that? Newport News. That's in Williamsburg. Williamsburg. Well, they're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, my story here is about Disney 
and uh, your boy Governor DeSantis. Okay, on Friday, he signed a bill to dissolve Walt Disney World of their private government now. Now, I'll elaborate later on what this is going to do for their dumb ass. In my opinion, you want to leave leave Walt Disney alone, okay? Them jokers got like 80,000 employees. They're the largest employer in the state of Florida. Yeah, but anyway... But see, DeSantis and every other Republican in the world think they can throw their weight around everywhere and it's going to stick. But all the person is in government is just what's called an elected official, a person that was elected to a job. And most of these jobs have term limits. That's why DeSantis is trying his best to become a senator so he could jump out of that hot seat, you know, because he followed the other guy who's now a senator. I think his name was Scott, used to be the governor, mm-hmm. the tall, slim, white guy. Yeah, was it Rick Scott? And he was in Trump, he's in Trump's back pocket. And every time Trump want to play pocket pool, just reach in his pocket, and he's rubbing the top of Rick Scott's head. Anyway, but um, what they're doing, basically, I mean, without even reading this, basically, is the fact that, uh, you know, Walt Disney had a stronghold, but then when they came out with that... Uh, new situation that said uh, don't say gay you know they opposed it Disney opposed it saying well we ain't gonna not say gay what the hell's wrong with you we got people coming here from all over the world as long as people having babies Disney World's gonna get make millions and billions every year that is the one place that as long as there's reproduction in the world everybody at some point gonna take their child to the Disney area you may not go to Disney World because after a while you realize that you can probably have a better time at Universal Studios than Disney World, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, but you're going to want to take your child down to Disney World. It's not just to see the, uh, what they call that thing, the castle, what's it called? The, oh, the, I don't know, whatever it's called. Well, you ain't got old. You don't know the name of I the castle. I can't think of what it's called, the Magic Castle the Magic or Kingdom. King, yeah, that's it. Woo! Okay. Cinderella's Castle. Red wine. Let's get one of these wheelchairs out of yeah, out of hock. Anyway, but like I said, getting back to the story, the don't say gay law that they put into effect, uh, Disney opposed it. So they said, look, starting June of 2023, you guys will no longer be running your own shit, okay? Oh. You're not going to be able to do your own trash. You know, we're going we're gonna to come get your trash. You, you're going you're gonna to pay us for it. Because Disney had their own joint, their own landfills, their own everything. Mm-hmm. Everything, everything, everything. But, see, they're going to realize that the while how big Disney is, not only how big they are, but how much power they got. And first of all, the Walt Disney people at the Wild are going to say, well, you know what? We can pull up out of here. We can take this joint over to, uh, what's the next state that borders that? Georgia? Georgia? You Alabama? Know? No, I don't think they'll go to Alabama. They won't go to Alabama. They won't go to Alabama, not at all. Yeah, but there's Georgia. There's Georgia. You know, they'll go. They'll, they'll take their business elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But, see, they, need, they, they built on flat land because the one thing that, Orlando, especially Orlando is. Orlando is just based based on land. I've never seen an area that is just so much wasted land. I don't know if you ever drove on a Florida Turnpike, but damn, okay, uh-huh. you better pack a bag and plenty change. Because every now and then there's these little baskets you got to throw money in, and now they got the uh, what do you call the thing? The, the they got the Sunshine Pass. Sunshine Pass, they got the, uh, what's the thing that goes on there that you put on the front of your car when you go through the toll, the... Uh, yeah, that little pass. No, no, I'm talking about the national one. Oh, 
Oh, I don't know. Easy pass. Easy pass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy pass. Now, the, I mean, you're going to pay big money. You go from Orlando to Miami, you throwing some money on that easy pass card, which is another ripoff for another day, another story. Mm-hmm. That thing is almost like having a, a damn bank account in your card that's always being withdrawn, even with fees. Yeah. I never seen mm-hmm. something you had seventy five dollars on it and you look up again, that's seventy five. If you don't drive out no. for a minute for at least three months, that's seventy five down to thirty five dollars. Yeah, that's some bulls, right? Say, Where the hell did my yeah. money go? So but anyway. So right now they're uh, battling with them and they said, Look, so Disney's like, Well, okay, okay. They said, Well, our cor- corporate office is in Burbank, California. Okay? And they're gonna marshal some economic might to to attack stuff and and put things back in in in, in perspective against uh, DeSantis, mm-hmm. they're gonna get with the California people and say, look here, what can we do to straighten out this stuff going on with Florida trying? Now they gave them time, June of 2023. That's a whole year that a monster like that Disney can prepare to come mm-hmm. back on Florida, and I think the end result will be just to get out of Florida and they, all the money they got. First of all, Disney owns ABC, ESPN, mm-hmm. and everything they got to do with anything, okay? They got to do any plus channels that's affiliated with with ABC and, and all that jazz. I mean, they're paying everybody. And like I said, they're the biggest employer in the state of Florida. And state, Florida is a big state. And in the state of Connecticut because ESPN is out of Connecticut, mm-hmm. Bristol, Connecticut, and they got a thousand employees there, and they all got Disney on their paycheck. And ABC, you know, Robin Robbins and yeah. Strahan and and mm-hmm. George Stavropoulos, all these boys is working for Disney. They say it all the time on there. Well, our parent company, Disney, Disney, Disney. So it's not just about Florida. And I think push come to shove, Walt Disney could pull up out of Florida. Yeah. I mean, it'll take a lot of, a lot of whatever. But I think that whole thing with DeSantis is going to be. You give it about six months, and he's gonna he's gonna balk on that. He's not gonna he ain't gonna go through with that, man. Come on, who messes with Disney? Are you kidding me? He's an idiot, and this once again just proves it. You slap him on the kiss list because that was a badass move, anyway. Yeah, I got him, Governor Ron DeSantis. Yeah, on the kiss it list. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, I think mm-hmm. that deserves a cocktail. Okay, well, well, we're going to come to that on the other side of the break. We're going to take a quick break on the Pajama Party Show, and when we get back, Kettle's going to have a cocktail of the week for us because we're about ready for one after that. Uh, It's the Pajama Party Show, Friday night, you know. It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show, and we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives. So send them a text, email them, or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more the merrier. Or is it Misery Loves Company or whichever. Tell them to call us up. 
on 914-803-4306 if they just want to listen or press 1 if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party Show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe. I tell you the truth. Y'all know you're so wrong for that. All right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of your Papa Didi. I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, and now it's time for the cocktail of the week, 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 with kettle. What you got for All us, right. kettle? I got an interesting one tonight. One of my favorite uh, cognacs. It is called the Ciroc Crusta. A Ciroc versus spin on the New Orleans founded Crusta blend classic Bayou Charm with modern sophistication and a glass. So we're going to take our ingredients, our 1.5 ounces of Ciroc BS French brandy, uh, 0.5 ounces of triple sec, 0.25 ounces of lemon, 1 teaspoon of maraschino, and 2 dashes of bitter, bitters. So we're going to add the um, 1.5 ounces of Ciroc brandy with the triple sec, the lemon, and the uh, maraschino, and the 2 dashes of the bitter in a shaker. All our ingredients, we're going to add ice and shake well until it's chilled. Double strain into a coupe glass rimmed with sugar and garnish with a lemon twist. And this is called the Ciroc Crusta. Crusta. Enjoy. Mm. <clears throat> is that yes. C-O-U-S-T-A? No, C-R-U-S-T-A. Is that what you said? Okay, got it. Okay, that sounds good. Ciroc and that's Ciroc, the, uh, VS, uh, brandy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Ciroc BS. Yeah, Ciroc getting fancy. Boy, they stepped mm-hmm. up their game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that's isn't that yeah, the regular yeah. one? I think the BS is that the same one? I don't know. Mm. This, okay. this is brandy. The regular Ciroc is vodka. Yeah. This is brandy. Vodka, yeah. French, French brandy. It come a long way since the P Diddy piss water. Okay. All right. uh, anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, right. hey, hey. Okay. Don't call him short. Hey, hey. He got other stuff going on too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, life is about improvement, so I'm glad they're stepping up for sure. Yeah, sounds like they really improved. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll kick it over to you, Papa Didi. Well, uh, what's popping? <clears throat> what's popping? You know, um, you know, the thing I want to talk about tonight is order of business. You know, I think that um, two things that you want to really keep in order and keep in business, and that's... Uh, Two institutes that are so, you know, people talk about this and this, this and that. There's a lot of institutions out there. There's a lot of things that will mess you up or whatever. But just keep in the back of your mind two institutions that you should always either stay on top of or stay away from. And that's trouble with internal revenue or division of motor vehicles. Okay? Let me say that again. Mm-hmm. 
okay? I don't care. You can have a hospital bill, electric bill, gas bill, water bill, whatever, mortgage behind, foreclosure, whatever. But I tell you what, you get in trouble with Uncle Sam, with that internal revenue, and I'm talking about state and federal, okay? Either or and or both. And the Division of Motor Vehicles, okay? Please stay clear of both of those institutions because I tell you what, both those institutions have, they have a way of just killing your program because nowadays motor vehicles connected all around the world, okay? So if your license is suspended in D.C., California going to know about it after a while. Don't get it twisted because they are. And just anything that has to do with, you know, you eventually get towed away, getting a boot on your car, registration getting, you know, revoked, you know, things like that, inspection, stickers, you name it, titles, stuff like that, insurance on your car along with your registration, driver's license, all that, everything under that blanket. And when it comes to your taxes, State, federal, if you got to set up a payment plan with them jokers, whether it be the state or set up a payment plan, pay them jokers $100 a month for 10 years. Whatever it's going to do to keep them out of it. Because one thing about internal revenue, they know if if the last time you got money was connected to any kind of numbers or any kind of bank account or any kind of deposit, they know about it. Okay, you can be self-employed. Or, you know, with a long, you under, if you paid under the table completely and you ain't connecting with nothing financially. But every time you slip in that Visa, MasterCard, whatever you got, you know, I'm, I'm sure they connected to PayPal and everything else, you know. Internal Revenue got the magnifying glass on your ass. Oh. Anything you do that's got to do with a swipe card, a chip, you name it. They know about the last transaction because companies and, and, and restaurants and all got to report to them. And you think that the restaurant going to hold back from turning your ass in or the bank going to turn back from holding your ass in? If a, if a internal revenue agent comes to a bank and say, we need the such and such on John Doe. We heard that they bank at Wells Fargo or Jane Doe. Okay, I ain't going to just say guys. Or Jane Doe. We need to know their last transaction. Believe me. That bank will give all your information to Internal Revenue in a nice manila envelope, okay? Hmm. And they'll give them every piece of stuff. Well, how many years back you need of their account, Mr. Internal Revenue Agent? And they'll give them everything because it's the the Dalai Lama. Back in the day, they used to call it Ma Bell. Ma Bell used to be the one that ran all the, you know, Bell Atlantic. You know, they ran all that. And they broke up because after a while they would call them a monopoly. So they broke up into AT&T and Bell Atlantic and all that stuff. But Ma Bell used to run it all. And that's when they had so much money, they started putting their fiber optics underground. That's why now when you talk on the phone, you got a cell phone? Let me tell you what. They're expensive as hell, and I don't have them, but the best phone you can get is goddamn Verizon, Okay. You got Verizon, you go through a tunnel, your shit going to still be working. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the fiber optics is underground. You know? 
So, but anyway, I don't know what Xfinity doing, but they run a close second to them probably when it comes to that because. But uh, T-Mobile, shit, I get near the tunnel, my shit cut off. Anyway, but uh, we're getting back to the main story, and I'm gonna close up on this. You know, tax time was just on the 18th of April. You know, if you hadn't paid your taxes yet or not paid or if you haven't filed your taxes, get them filed. You may have to pay a late fee for doing that. Catch it early. And um, whatever they say you owe, 1000 whatever, and uh, I think they're, they're um, another thing I'm going to say, too. Internal Revenue's web address is irs.gov. Do yourself a favor, whether you owe taxes or not. Go to irs.gov. Everybody in the world, in, in the sound of my voice, go to irs.gov and open up an account. Make yourself accountable. Just give them a password. Get your and remember it because they go through a lot. When you go to log in, they they go through a lot of stuff. You got to put in your password, and they give you a little thing they send to your text. Got to put that number and thing. But then now that's your internal revenue account. And that'll give you the last five years of what you filed, what you did, whatever. Now you can look and see what you've been doing or what you owe this year, and you can find out when your check is coming or what you owe. IRS.gov. If you don't have an account with them, go and log on to them and set up an account. But write down the password and the user ID because you're going to need it every time you log in. And But do it. That way you can you can even set up, give them an account number where, you know, that you put your stuff on file. So if you are due a check in the future, they can send your money to that direct deposit account as opposed to you getting that check in the mail. Okay, so everybody in the world should have an account with internalirs.gov. Anyway, that's just my tip for the day. Like I said, keep your ass out of internal revenue and keep your ass out of division motor vehicles. And them two institutions will take your ass down. That's it. Okay, now. And you're so right about that. You do not want to get screwed up with those two. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. They're the mothership connection. Woo! Don't want them to land on your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Good advice. All right. All right. Well, let me shift gears and hit the weird news because I got a weird one for you and I'm ready. Uh, let's see. I've got science explains why Oreo cream only sticks to one wafer when you twist them apart. I'll eat Oreo cookies sometimes, and you know when you take them apart, the cream only sticks on one side most of the time. Mm. Well, some scientists looked into it from uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Wow, it got that deep. It got that deep. They wanted to know about why the cream tends to stick to one rather than the other or why it doesn't come equal on both sides. So they put their brains together to conduct a series of tests to figure out what causes this cookie, what they call fracturing. You know, they had to give it a scientific term. Mm. So what causes cookie fracturing? So a bit of the Oreo scouting may have led to the first clue. They looked at videos of the manufacturing process, and it showed that they put the first wafer down. They call the cookies a wafer. They put the first cookie down. And then they dispense a ball of cream onto that wafer before they put the second wafer on top. And this was according to Crystal Owens, who's a mechanical engineer, Ph.D. candidate at MIT, 
who studies the properties of complex fluids. She said apparently that little time delay may make the cream stick better to the first wafer. Just in those microseconds that when the first one comes down, then they put the cream on it, then the second one comes down. So thankfully the team was paying attention when they pulled the cookies out of the boxes and the cream tended to stick to the inward-facing wafer with the cookies on the left side of the box landing on the cream on the right wafer and cookies on the right sending the cream to the left wafer. And this is MIT doing this. I I wonder how much they spent money-wise to study Oreos. But the scientists created a 3D printable Oreo meter, that's what they called it, a contraption that uses rubber bands and pennies to create the twisting force needed to fracture the sandwich cookie. Then they measured all kinds of different ways, but the bottom line is this. They definitely could not come up with a solution for getting an even spread of cream across the two wafers. And as they are now, according to Crystal Owens, we found that there is no trick to twisting that could split the cream evenly. So it took mm. MIT to tell us what we already do, <laughs> that when you twist the cookie, then you oh, either get the cream boy. on the left side or the right side, and sometimes you may get a little bit on each one, but they never going to be even. Wow. MIT no shit. came up with this study. No shit. I'm going to have to put it. Damn. I'm going to have to put MIT on the kiss it list for this one. Thank you. Waste time and energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, yep. Oreo study? Are you serious? They were bored. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that uh, must be it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, this should perk you guys up. I mean, we've got some Easter. Easter Bunny inadvertently hands out eggs stuffed with condoms. Oh, boy. A uh, parent dressed as the Easter Bunny inadvertently, how inadvertently hand out colorful eggs stuffed with condoms at an elementary school in Austin. Most of the eggs are filled with candy, but a handful contain packages of condoms. Uh, one of the parents who works at a pharmacy had been dressed as the Easter Bunny for a safe sex presentation at an area clinic. She kept the costume on when she arrived at the school to pick up her second grader and was immediately mobbed by the children. So in response, the woman handed out eggs filled with candy. When she ran out, she asked her husband to get more, and apparently he brought back some bad eggs. Yeah, I think so. The school district is now reviewing its safety protocols. Um, George P. Bush, a candidate for Texas Attorney General, went down a rabbit hole over the incident, calling it disgusting and illegal. One parent told Bush in a tweet that he should have read more about the incident before inappropriately blowing up. Okay. Uh, interesting. Hey, man, George, you said another Bush, George Bush? George P. Bush. A candidate oh. for Texas Attorney General. So that must be. Who is that? That which brother is that? <laughs> I don't know. Do they name all of them George? Is that what they do? They must have. 
I don't know who George P. Bush is because the probably must go by the limit uh, initial who they are. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting ready to find out. I don't know. Huh? That's like a. Oh, he's one of the sons of um, Bush. Yeah, probably a jab. I think Jab yeah. has a variety of child children names. He, yeah, he, he looks like one of his kids, yeah, because he's, uh, the wife is, um... Spanish. Uh, right, okay. Jeb Bush, yep, yeah. that's the father. Yeah, Jab was my Columbia boy until Bush. Trump ripped him a new butthole. Oh, and, boy. Yeah, when he was mm-hmm. running for president, uh, it was so sad the way uh, Trump beat him up in that. Oh, he sure and did. And he, he tried to keep his self, self-respect. self he did, because he was raised by good parents. He disgraced. Trump disgraced he, he, Jeb Bush. Oh, my Bush. God. Jab was like, oh, my God, I can't even run for president against this guy. People yeah. should have known Trump right then. He was talking about his wife and his Spanish kids and all. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. He went for the jugular. But, but sometimes, you know, it's so hard when you're raised by good parents to come back on assholes, because as the saying goes, when you argue with a fool, after a while, people look at the argument and wonder which one is the fool. Because mm-hmm. you're sitting there arguing with a damn fool. So one of you, if you shut up, then everybody knows who the fool is. But you keep putting words up with the fool. Can't yeah. tell you all apart because now you didn't stoop to his level. Yeah, and man, both of you look foolish. Both of y'all look foolish. Anyway, that's old school stuff. Okay. What's your weird news? Mine? Yeah. I'm in this. Oh, don't even try. <laughs> all right. Let's see here. Uh, this is a... Uh, Two-headed snake was gifted to a zoo after it became a little too freaky for the owner. Uh-oh. All right. Uh, during the appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live on uh, Wednesday night, host Jimmy asked the uh, National Treasure actor about his collection of exotic pets and whatnot. It was true that he once owned a very rare snake. So Nicholas replied, I'll hold his last name here for a minute. Nicholas replied, uh, does that make me uh, impossibly strange before revealing that he, he slapped down roughly $80,000 on a reptile? Yeah, that makes you strange. Yikes. <laughs> anyway, uh, he said, why, I don't know, he said. I was just dreaming about a two-headed eagle one night what? and had this dream, and then the next day my manager at the time Got a phone call saying, I got a two-headed snake that I found in North Ridge that I think that your client, Nick Nicholas Cade, would be interested in. So while Nicholas was initially pleased with his purchase, the two-headed snake turned out to be rather high maintenance. Mm. All right. He said that both of the heads would fight each other. Oh, my gosh. You know, he said one head was more dominant than the other. <laughs> He said, he said. He said one head was. <laughs> let me let me, this crazy. let me get this out. He said one oh, head God. was more dominant than the other when it comes to food. One head was. Let me let me try to say this here on a straight face. One head was more dominant than the other when it came to food, and I had to put a spatula between them so one wouldn't see the other eat. But it was so weird because one was more dominant with the food, but ironically, the food was only going into one stomach. 
Mm-hmm. So how do you dominate the food when it goes in your mouth, but it trickles down to one <sighs> damn stomach? It's oh, okay. You get more so, than yeah. <laughs> yeah, they thought he, one was getting more than the other, but if they look down below, there's only one belly. So it's two heads, <laughs> two brains, but one body. One body, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they both had different things. So he said, after a while, I, I, I turned it into the uh, Audubon Zoo, which is in New Orleans. He said, live for about 14 years before it before it died just recently, he said. It was a good time for the folks at the zoo and everything. People got a kick out of it. You know, he said it was a true story, you know. And he said, uh, you know, it was a good experience. You know, he said if, if it didn't get freaky like that and he didn't have to keep putting a big old spatter between their heads in order to feed them, he would still have it. So that's Nicholas Cage. Okay. Two-headed snake got rid of it because it got too freaky. One head was wow. dominant than the other. Oh, my gosh. Even though they had one stomach. Can I put him on the kiss it list for spending uh, eighty thousand uh, for the hey. That's my man. I'm putting him on the kiss mm-hmm. it list. That's great. Well, at least it lasted for fourteen years. Oh Lord, that is mm-hmm. just really bizarre. And Very you know bizarre. what? It's funny. We're talking about the stories of Nicholas Cage in the new movie. He's um, back on the market now. He was dormant for a long time. He's back on the market now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't heard his so, name in a minute. Matter of fact, him and his wife just had a baby. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yep. <laughs> These guys, I tell you, between him mm-hmm. and um, who's the other guy? What's his name that was doing the uh, Trump impressions on SNL for a long time? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. He and his wife, I think, just had another child recently. Mm-hmm. What's his name that was doing Trump impressions on SNL for a long time? Alex? Yeah, Alex Baldwin. Alex, yeah. Alex Baldwin. Mm-hmm. He and his wife just recently had a child. I think this another? is, uh, her name is Hilaria. Well, how's he doing with that case, though, with that one? Oh, I don't know. I don't be mm-hmm. trying to blame it on him when... I, well, like I said, that's a story for another day. Oh, well. Anyway, the girl in the back, mm-hmm. the one that was handling guns, was back there with her. Everything she posed, she posed with guns. A little fat white girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to. You yeah, know. they crazy. Anyway. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to hit, uh, I'm just saying, with, uh, what's her name, Red Wine. On All the right. other side of the break, it's a pajama party show. She's sweet Ben Rouge. This is Red Wine, and if you haven't heard of the Pajama Party Show, you have been missing out. We've got Hot Topics, Hit It and Quit It Headlines, What's Poppin' with Papa Didi, Weird News, and I'm Just Saying with me, Living for the City with Papa Didi, and the Hollywood Wrap-Up with Kettle, the Cocktail of the Week, my favorite, and the world-famous Kiss It List, and of course, the last word. We serve it up every week on a pajama party show and nobody does it like us you can call us each week live on friday night at 9 p.m eastern at 914-803-4306 or you can listen live online at www.apajamaparty.com you can also follow us on twitter at a pajama party
All right, welcome back to the John Party. One year's Papa Didi. I'm here with uh, Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Oh, sly darling. All right, we're going to get into, uh, I'm just saying, with uh, one of our hosts, Red Wine. Take it away, Red Wine. When I'm oh, merci beaucoup, Papa Didi. Oh, uh, be win, be win. Okay, okay uh, tonight, I'm just saying, they made it legal again. Let's talk about that. If you ever saw this old movie, it's not that old, but it's an older movie that Eddie Murphy did called The Distinguished Gentleman, you would know what I'm about to talk about. Now, there's this thing in politics called earmarks, where senators and the representatives are allowed to request ridiculous sums of money from the federal budget to use for their own pet projects. Now, some of them refer to this as community projects, and I use air quotes, because the term earmarks has a negative connotation, because some of the Congress people acted a total fool when they were able to do this uh, about a dozen years ago and abuse the privilege. Some of them even went to jail because of the abuse of the money because there was just so much money flowing and they would just get hold of money that was supposed to be for some project back in their home state and they did whatever they wanted to do. So about 12 years ago, the, the, the Congress people got together, voted it down and said, shut this bull crap down. Because this is just going to make trouble. People can't handle it. Shut it down. Well, guess what? They made it legal again. And now earmarks are back. I'm just saying, these community projects, they brought all of that stuff back. And some of these Congress people, just between the middle of last year up to now, some of these Congress people got millions. I'm not talking hundreds and thousands. I'm talking millions of dollars allotted for their little pet projects in their home state. So, like I said, if you ever saw that movie, Distinguished Gentleman, it works pretty much just like you see in that movie. You have somebody that says, hey, uh, I'll do this for you if you can kick me some money for, you know, this or for that. And they say, oh, okay, all right, you do that, and I'll do this. I'll get you the money. How much you need? 300000 400000 800000 a million and a half, whatever. All right, I'll do that. Now, you make sure that everybody in the town votes for me and does this or that, or they're going to name a street after me. So my name is so prevalent, everybody votes for me. Just like in Distinguished Gentlemen, I'll be the name you know. So when people see that street sign that says, oh, the Honorable Senator blah, 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 then they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who that is. That's that street. Yeah, that's that person. They put money in our town. Yes, that's who we vote for. It won't even matter if this person is a literal piece of crap. If they see you did something, they'll vote for you. So a lot of times these earmarks really come down to paying to get reelected. And now I'm not saying they all do it just for that. Some of them actually are trying to help to make sure that their home state gets the services and the programs and stuff that they need. But then you have those that don't give a damn about what's really happening in their home state. All they're concerned about is, can I get reelected? Because they want to stay on that gravy train forever. So they do what they do, get those earmarks, get that money, and then they hook up with people in their home state, fund their little projects and all. It is crazy 
that this stuff is legal. But this is the kind of stuff that's going on right here in the in Washington D.C. in Congress. Now, over a billion, and that's billion with a B, over a billion dollars of the federal budget that just recently was approved went into these daggone earmarks. And I'm not saying that, like I said, some of the money does go to worthwhile projects and endeavors, but some of the money, like some years ago, Alaska spent billions of dollars on what they called the bridge to nowhere. They were building and doing all of this stuff for a bridge that didn't even go anywhere. Wasted all this time, money, and effort. Those are the kind of projects that they shouldn't even be putting money into. Total waste of money. And then there's projects like that. Wasting taxpayer dollars. That's wasting our money. Then you have projects like uh, up in New England somewhere. They just allotted like $700,000 to remove old lobster traps. I guess they're like sunken down in the bottom of the water or something. 700 and some odd thousand dollars to remove them. Now, I'm trying to understand how much money does it take for real to send some divers down in the water, look for these lobster traps that I'm sure if they're made out of metal, you could use metal detectors to identify where they are, send the divers to those areas, get the things pulled up, and be done with it. You cannot make me believe that it takes over $700,000 to do that. Then you got New York. They just, uh, what's his name, Chuck Schumer, one of his earmarks, he got uh, 600 and some thousand dollars approved to build a greenhouse somewhere in New York. Hmm. Like a greenhouse? Okay, you put plants in a greenhouse. Do you really need $600,000 to build a greenhouse? What is it, the size of the White House? What what are they doing? But this is the kind of craziness that goes on with these earmarks. I'm trying to tell you, it's a game. They are running the Distinguished Gentleman movie game right in the Congress, and it's all been made legal. This stuff is crazy. I'm just saying, now, now when they brought it back this time and made it legal, uh, the rules were, well, we got to make it more transparent. So they post this stuff online where anybody who wants to see it can see it. But the way they post it, you still can't make heads and tails of it. you got to dig and dig and dig like a daggone excavator to try to figure out <coughs> who did what and how much did it really cost. <coughs> They're playing a game, people, I'm trying to tell you. And we, the taxpayers, are footing the bill. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, just because it's legal doesn't mean that they should be doing it. This stuff needs to stop. It's crazy, I'm All telling right. you. I can imagine. 600000 for a greenhouse. Are you serious, Chuck Schumer? Mm-hmm. Sound like they're over-exaggerating. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's pretty much just like that movie. Just like the movie. That's Eddie Murphy said. You saw movie. that movie before? Please. Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. said, please, we in the wrong business. 
We're going to go to a place where the streets are paved with gold. And that's where it is. And the guy say where These earmarks, say where? they're Long dropping like say, hundreds of thousands and of millions and millions. He said where? Los Angeles, California? He said no, Washington, D.C. That's where it is. Oh, yeah. My girl's in that Ooh. movie. Uh, the one who was uh, Inga from Sweden. Oh, yeah. I remember that character. Shirley uh, Ralph. Shirley Ralph. That's my mm-hmm. girl, yeah. All right. Bad mother, shut your mouth. Anyway. All right. It's over to you, Papa Didi. Up to me. All right, let's see what we it's got here. City. What's happening? Oh, man. You know, uh, what I want to talk about this time. Let's talk about uh, living in your truth. Okay. All right. Now, I know living in your truth can have a lot of different meanings. People say living your truth about, you know, who you are, who you really are, whatever like that. But I think the main thing I'm going to talk about is is where you where you at. You know, when I say where you at, is where you are uh, personally, financially, and things like that. We're not going to talk about uh, relationships and all that bullshit. Let's talk about self for a minute, because you know, when it comes to relationship, that I, I really believe that's an extension of self. You know, self is when you're talking about your your finances and your situations and where you are with your own your own comfort zone something that involves you as an individual. You know, relationships brings another person in the mix. That's a whole other subject. You can try to merge it if you want to, but I think we should try to stay an individual first and whatever we do with our relationships, you know, bring that in as a second part of us. But if you merge the two, Lord have mercy. Sometimes it make you lose yourself. Anyway, we ain't talking about that. Anyway, let's talk about so as far as where you are and being where you're at, and I say that I mean how to be more disciplined on what it is that you have achieved, appreciate what you achieved, taking advantage of what you achieved, not only in material things, but knowledge itself, you know, just world investation, stuff you've done, places you've been, you know, the experiences that you've had, because... Only you can bask on your own experiences, and the first person that really should take advantage of your own experiences is you. But we always try to share our experiences with other people, but the one thing that really pisses us off is when other people don't acknowledge our experience like we're trying to give it to them, you know? You know, sometimes you say, this ain't my first rodeo, or this ain't my first time around the block. And you try to tell people that, and I'm not going to say young people. I'm not even going to pick on young people because I know some crazy-ass older folks, okay? So this ain't a young people thing. This is just a people thing. So when somebody is giving you sound advice without hesitation that they have been toolage in for a long time, that somebody has taught them over and over again, and every time they've done it, they got it right. Get it right means you have a party. Everybody has a good time. You got plenty of booze and plenty of food, and everybody's happy. Now, if you had three or four occasions like that, then that means you know how to give a party, okay? Now, you go to a party, and somebody is giving a fucked-up, lame-ass party. You know, you say, well, damn, why didn't you call me? Well, you know, I was, uh, well, no, that ain't what I asked you. Why didn't you call me? Me and you are real good friends, and I'm coming over to your party, but your party's fucked up. Because you think you know everything and you don't. You don't even know how to give a party. And I was trying to tell you before your party, give you some advice. And that shows that the person that was giving a party that, that turned out horrible is not living their truth. 
Either they did something out of their means, either they're connected with the wrong people and the wrong stuff, and things didn't work out. Whether the bar was horrible, the food was horrible, the guests were horrible, you didn't get proper RSVPs, so a lot of people didn't show up. You know what I mean? And that's about living in your truth. Now, another part of living your truth I'm going to talk about is where you are in your life financially or where you are hormonously, you know? Stuff that you offer to people or stuff people offer to you. Now, if you're not doing so well and somebody's offering you something and they're a good friend, they're trying to help you out, you have to be honest with people of where you are. If you need something, you need it. But stop beating around a bush with what it is that you need. If you need it, you fucking need it. Take it. Don't take it belligerently or arrogantly, but take it. Don't say, oh, no, that's all right. You know, like somebody, you gave somebody a ride. They offered you $20. Oh, no, don't worry about it. I don't need it. I don't need it. You do need it, motherfucker. Your tank is on E. Fuck you mean you don't need it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or or you want something, you, you go to a restaurant. Somebody gives you a ride to a restaurant. Y'all in the restaurant, and you order like, chicken wings and all this shit, and the person that took it, they sitting back and say, you want something? No, I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. And you heard their stomach growling in the fucking car. What the fuck you mean you're hungry? I, your, your stomach was growling in the car. Now we're in a place where I'm, you smell fried chicken like crazy. I know you're hungry. And these people are living in a truth because they always want to prove to another person that they're doing better than they are. Only because they're trying to keep up with somebody when the first person you should keep up with is yourself. Where is you? Where is your life? Be content with your life no matter where it is, financially or otherwise. Be content with it. Don't try to rise above nothing. If you don't have a car, you don't have a car. Then meet you someone that has a car. If you don't have a car and you're dating out there, then, you know, meet a person that got a car. But don't make them go too far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't 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 live in Philadelphia and meet a motherfucker in Delaware that got a car. They got to come to Delaware and see your ass. From Delaware to Philadelphia, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, if that's the case, I mean, meet them, but also have something to offer them. Because so they riding to pick your ass up and take your ass home, then you should be able to offer them something as well. It's a give and take thing. You know what I mean? So all I'm saying in a nutshell, and I'm going to close on this, is that your truth is the most beautiful thing you can live in. Live how you are. If you ain't got no money, stay on the porch. You're going to be a big dog, be a big dog, and get off the porch. But if you if you can't afford it at the time or you're in the middle of the month and your money's low, act like you know. Act like you know. Chill out. You know, go in that refrigerator and look for some leftovers and shit, you know. Shop at a cheaper place, you know. Get something different. Because I tell you, right now, we got to start buying different because some of these brand names out here, when the prices are going up, they're losing their mind because they're already high. I saw some Tropicana orange juice, you know. Not a half gallon, a, a quart of it. You know, the regular size bottle, of quart. That shit was $3.89. And a damn gallon was damn near $8 for orange juice. Hell, I remember back in the day as a kid, we would have the frozen. Remember the big frozen orange juice that came in the can? That you put in the freezer and your mama take it out and thaw it out and shit and drop it in water and the motherfucker melt down. They pour water in the shit and they stir that shit and you got a half a gallon of fucking orange juice. It was in a small little round container, frozen orange juice. They need to come back with that shit because I'm going to buy it. Because Tropicana can kiss my ass anymore because after a while I'm going to find some shit that tastes just as good. I'm going to leave Tropicana $3.89 on the goddamn shelf. 
and I'm gonna fuck with two dollars and fifty nine cents. Even though I hate fucking Minute Maid, I'm gonna start drinking that shit because I ain't going broke fucking with Tropicana. That's all I gotta say. I'm out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, everything. Anyway, that's what I've been seeing. Give us a call. Everything. Nine one four eight zero six four three zero six. Is that right? Yada yada yada. Nine one four eight zero three four three zero six. Oh, did I say it wrong? I don't know. I'm just making yeah. sure. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Cattle. We're down to you. Yeah. All right, Papa. Yeah, Cue it up. Yeah. Are you ready? You need a CC break. No, let's roll with it. Mm-hmm. Roll with it. Hmm. Let's roll with it. All right, go ahead, Papa D. Uh-oh. You got to get geared up. Okay, there you go. Let's go to Hollywood. Well, I think everybody is going other places. It seems like this is the year of everybody in court. Cuba Gooding uh, Jr. has taken a plea deal in a sexual misconduct case. The Oscar-winning actor will plead guilty to one count of forcible touching. Okay, whatever that is. The single mm. count of forcible touching is a misdemeanor, and with the plea deal, uh, Gooding will likely avoid jail time. Really? Uh, he was originally arrested back in 2019 and charged with six misdemeanor counts that stemmed from Three different incidents, all occurring in New York City. Okay. Uh, He was accused of touching her breast without consent at a rooftop bar. After being arrested for that accusation, an additional charge was added after a woman alleged that the actor kissed her without consent. Okay. Let's move on. All right. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. Biggest bombshells and revelations from this defamation trial. Private details about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's relationship are being aired out in court, including what their former marriage counselor described as quote unquote mutual abuse between the stars. Okay. Depp is 58 and Heard is 36. Uh, that's the problem. Yeah. We shouldn't have been with this old ass man. Um, defamation yeah. over a 2018. She wrote um, uh, for the Washington Post in which she opened up about um, surviving domestic violence. She originally filed uh, the $50 million lawsuit back in 2019, but it was delayed due to the pandemic uh, until the jury uh, was selected on April 11th in Fairfax, Virginia. And opening statements began the following day. Okay, interesting. We're going to continue to ride that, see what that's going to be about. Also in court, Black China was brought to tears on Thursday after a lawyer for the Kardashian-Jenner family presented the TV personality with a binder containing her leaked nude photos in court. China, whose birth name is Angela White, interesting, is suing the Kardashian family for allegedly forcing uh, the e-network to cancel her reality show with her ex, Rob Kardashian, the Rob and China show. Um, they do share uh, uh, one child together. So 
I remember back in the day when China was good friends with the Kardashians, and all of a sudden, he seemed like he was just kicked out of that particular family. But I think he was in the process of messing up their brand, so um, I don't know. And, it, and she was yeah. dogging their brother big time. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. he, he got heat. Remember, she, he picked up all that weight. Right, but she went to Hollywood. She did what she said she going to do, and she says it become she's from D.C., So, but anyway. That's her thing. Oh, okay. um, I didn't know that. Also, Justin Bieber, he's in court. According to court documents obtained by E! News, uh, today Justin Bieber and Dan and Shay, who teamed up with the 2019 uh, hit 10,000 Hours, are being sued for copyright infringements over the Grammy-winning singer. And the complaint oh, found in L.A. federal court, I told you everybody's in court, a company called... Um, Mella Mega is accusing the singers of copying the core portion of their song from a single released in 2014 called The First Time Baby is a Holiday. Oh, interesting. So we want to continue to, to follow that and see what's going to happen. He's probably just going to pay it, pay it and keep rolling. He done made the money, so why not? Just He's going to keep rolling with it. And last but not least, Janelle Monet comes out as non-binary. Opened what? up about her gender identity and came out as non-binary during the latest episode of Red Table Talk. The Make Me Feel singer sat down with host Jada Pickett-Smith, Will Smith, and Adrian Banfield-Norris for a personal interview, which aired Wednesday, telling the trio, I'm non-binary. So I just don't see myself as a woman solely. Okay. If everybody doesn't know what the term is, um, non-binary. Uh, that is a person that doesn't identify as a male or female, so of any gender. So. All right. So is and is she is is she now using the they pronoun? Good question. Doesn't say in this particular article. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess she's she's just using non-binary. I guess that's her her term. If she's going to use that, go with that. So, All right. I mean, oh, you say that she doesn't. You see, doesn't identify as either male or female. See, my thing is, I think people use that as an escape to say, okay, I'm gay. If that's your thing, that's your thing. Yeah, you know, this new terminology, non-binary, it, it, just, it just blows everybody. I, I don't get it. But, hey, yeah. his own. So what guess, does she do? She, hmm? She's still young, right? So what does she do, like, when her menstrual drops? So, you know, is that, is that a reminder or something? I'm I'm kidding. That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it is, still is what it is, but 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 you I, know guess, I, I mean, I'm people, trying to go ahead. I think people say I think people say those those uh, that terminology because they don't want to be labeled as being gay. I mean, if that's your thing, like women, that's your thing. You like men, that's your thing. Um, I think gay is just obsolete and non-binary is a new term. That's all. 2020 term, a 20th, first century term. That's my take on it. So. 
And so so I guess I guess saying a person is bisexual, I guess that's played out now. Yeah, I think so. Non-binary, yeah, that is the new terminology. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking that if you're if you're non-binary, if you don't identify as male or female, then if you are in a relationship, I guess it could be either gender because you don't identify as either one. So that still seems like bisexual to me. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Okay. Um, because because other terms that are being used are gender queer, agenda, um, bi gender, and other terminologies. So, um, so yeah, it's just it's the same thing. It's it's just an updated version. That's how I look at it. So, teachers. Okay. Yeah, because the girl that won the Oscar for West Side Story, she definitely finds herself as queer. She uses that term quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I just I just hope that people in the in that community don't get offended if people don't reference them the way they want to be referenced because we're confused. So mm-hmm. you know, it's like okay. it's, nobody's trying to be offensive. It's just yeah. hard to comprehend or memorize everything. Right? You know, you want to be you know respectful of people, but. Yeah. If you don't understand, you don't understand. Or memorize, because I tell you, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but when people use the term LB, I cannot memorize that term. I can't. LB. I can't put them four letters. To, right. I, I, now somebody needs to give me the glossary of it to make her remember. Just like yeah. when you would, remember back in the day when we sang Mickey Mouse, M I C K E Y M O U S C. It had a rhythm to it. So I think somebody need to develop a song or a rhythm to help me be, to remember, you know, and, and um, you know, just like anything and that else. Would probably help a lot. Like what Stevie Wonder said, there's, uh, what did he say? There's, uh, what was that song? He said, uh, there's, uh, they seen. Oh, bless. I don't know what. Remember you were singing that song, Sir Duke. Oh yeah. Where he said the names in a row. Yeah. Somebody, Satchmo and King of all Sir all, Dukes. all Sir Dukes, you know. I, I'm just saying on that as a rhythm thing to allow me to remember it. Make some type of slogan, you know, that's going to help me because I get that LGBTQ. Did I say that right or did I fuck I it up know. again? Anyway, I, I usually we'll get back, let's get bit, back but... to what you're doing, Kettle. My, my apologies. That's all right, but I, I do want to read something she did say in the Red Table Talk. Um, uh, Monet, who who said she has been in both monogamous and uh, polyamorous relationships, also discussed um, what she looks for in a potential romantic partner, saying, when I see people, I see your energy first. I don't don't, um, see, like, how you identify. And I feel like that opens you up to fall in love with any beautiful spirit you know. So... Mm. Okay. That's deep, but I just think people just have to be true to themselves and say, okay, well, I'm just gay. I like women, <laughs> you know, or right. I'm exactly. gay yeah. and I like men. Don't, you know, right. don't hide behind this non-binary bullshit. That's how I see it. So, yeah. but that's, yeah. and she's but that's found, a new terminology. And she's getting, mm-hmm. and she's getting or some, just say you're bisexual. You like she, men and women, and, she, and that's what it and is. And another thing, Kettle, looks like she's grabbing some big-ass words out of the dictionary, too, put to, to title <laughs> that stuff. 
I've never heard of these fucking words. I'm like, damn, girl, whatever you analyze, you said, well, let me grab that word right there that begins with an L and got nine letters. Because that shit sounds interesting as hell. Librarian Balerian. Non-binary. But she tweeted this out two years ago. She says, I am non-binary. She tweeted this out back in January 2020. And there was no elaboration on it. So, I mean, you know, he's over that. So. I've heard a term before. I've heard different different people speak on it that, um, you know. But like you said, a lot of people don't, on that truth level, if you would look at the different commentators on ESPN, the females mm-hmm. that, uh, the black women on ESPN mm-hmm. that cover basketball. Mm-hmm. And these some of them are previous WNBA players, but now they are commentaries. You look on the Internet, they're not associated with anything. They don't. Nobody linked to them, you know, they put in, oh, is she married or is she, and they said there's no affiliation with such and such. Even the young lady on uh, ABC, uh, Michelle Marsh, you ever seen mm-hmm. any, heard that name before, the pretty girl on ABC? Pull her up on the internet, mm-hmm. they said she's not affiliated with anything. Anything, anyone. Anything, any male, any <laughs> male, anything. And I'm like, wow! When you got when you when your internet <laughs> says that, it ain't none of your business. Yeah, Michelle Marsh, she's like, and she's pretty, very pretty. Okay. And you think that you know that she was like all the way out there with whatever, but uh, no, she, her her internet says it says none of your business. None of your fucking business. I ain't got nothing yeah, on this is. bitch. You ain't gonna find a tap. Well, well, let me let me ask you guys one more thing. What is pansexual? I have no idea. What's it called? Pansexual. Pansexual. I've heard it, but I don't know what that is. Well, let me say this. Here again, back in 2018, she comes out and says that she is pansexual. So pansexual is denied as... Janelle Monet? Yep. She don't know what she wants. Pansexual is is defined as a term used to describe a person who has the capacity to form enduring physical... Romantic and or emotional attractions to any person, regardless of gender identity. Like I said, it's just some shit that they y'all just making up, just pulling out the goddamn <laughs> dictionary and just making this motherfucking shit up. Excuse my language, you know what, too? They, that sounds know, very similar to the other thing. You know what? You know what? Also, um, I think it's also an excuse to. I won't say excuse, but I think it's also for her to have a reason to stay in her corner and jump into mm-hmm. something when she wants to yeah. and jump out when she wants to sure. and say, oh, no, you're not, you're not buying binary-ing enough for me, so I'm out. Well, wh- why, are you, why are you leaving? You're not buying but, but you know for me. But let me say this. this. This comment pertains to Queen Latifah. Like Queen Latifah has really never come out and said she was gay or bisexual, right. binary, anything. She's old right. school. Her business right. is her business, and if you run yeah. in her circles and you know um, which side of the fence she go on, okay, so be it. She's not coming out and saying, okay, I'm, I'm non-binary, I'm pansexual. It, it's just, you know, I just think people just say these things and do these things to stay relevant. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know, just strange. But anyway, to each his own. Okay. Okay. Well, that takes us to the kiss it list. <laughs> Can you tell us what that is? Right. People that show their ass and whatever, and uh, like I said, 
The first person I want to put on the kiss list, hell, let's just put Janelle Monae on there. Cause... I knew you would say that. I knew you would say that. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, first of all, first of all, it's like this here, like I mentioned earlier, and I will say this in, in full truth and full disclosure. I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier when I talked about living in your truth, okay? Whatever you are, whoever you are. First of all, mm-hmm. I am not in Janelle Monae's world. I don't make her money. I don't live her life. So therefore, Janelle, you don't have to convince me or the public of anything. Yeah. But throwing, like you said, Kel, throwing out all these paraphrases and all these different names and stuff, it's really bringing more attention to you, and nobody really knows how to approach you. Mm-hmm. And wow. they don't know whether or not once you get too exposed or too overbearing on one side of something, are you going to drop me? Because we're walking hand in hand, they're saying, oh, she's walking hand in hand with a female. She must be just gay. Oh, no, I'm, would you say she was Rumpelstiltskin? What, what was that called again? I'm, I'm thinking, too. But I'm just saying, you know, people like, they go into yeah. them categories so they can run and hide in those categories. That's interesting. Yeah, anyway, we'll put Donnell yeah. Monet on there. and. Uh, okay. And I've got Ozell Hubert. That's the man in Alabama with the Commerce Department who's trying uh-huh. to do something to help with the sewage problem with the poor black folks. Yeah, now true. you mm-hmm. want to try to but this clearly has been going that's on for a while. That's because they've been, they've been shitting in outhouses. Thousands of people have been shitting in outhouses for years, mm-hmm. and they've been digging a hole, and they throw dirt over the fucking hole, thinking that that shit is not going to migrate into yeah. anything. It's seeping into the ground. Into the ground, and it's fucking up the soil. And worm and uh, ducks won't even eat them fucking worms. Mm. Oh no 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 no! That worm tastes like. Uh, Also, Governor DeSantis of uh, Florida. Yeah. That crazy motherfucker. Put him on there. Uh, Also, we got uh, MIT for that Oreo study. (laughs) Yeah. That was a total waste of taxpayer dollars. Uh, The Montpelier Plantation. You know, Montpelier sounds like Vermont. No, there in I know there is a Montpelier, Vermont, but this is called Montpelier. It's the one in Virginia, where the fourth president, uh, yeah. what's his name? Well, they're all racist. What's his name? I forgot him. James Madison. James yeah, Madison. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we got him on the kiss. Put, put him on the kiss list, even though he's been long gone. All okay. those slaves. You got 300 slaves on their plantation. Shame on him. That's good. He ain't had to do shit. And the Montpelier. How would you Montpelier. feel every day if you had 300 people you ain't got to pay a fucking dime to? Yeah. Throw a little food at you don't get fucked. Yeah. The bread is molded or whatever. Uh, the Montpelier mm-hmm. Plantation Association for breaking mm-hmm. their promise to work with the uh, enslaved mm-hmm. people's uh, group. Mm-hmm. Backing mm-hmm. out on your promise. Y'all are crap for that. Uh, the condom Easter Bunny. I'm putting the condom Easter Bunny on the kids at list because they should have been more careful. How y'all go out and and bring those uh, Easter eggs in there, and then she's gonna tell her husband go back out and get some more eggs. And he, I guess he didn't check them, so they end up giving the kids eggs with condoms in them. So I'm putting them, that wife and husband, on the kids at list. Uh, yeah. Nicholas Cage with his exotic animals, spending all that money with the two-headed freak. Eighty grand. You so he made a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, and I remember reading something he was crying broke yeah. about a year ago. Yeah. Uh, you remember that he was crying broke? Yeah. 
Yep. I'm like, yeah, because you got the freaky two-handed snake you spent 80 grand for. <laughs> <laughs> That's your fault. Oh, um, and I'm going to say the Congress people who are involved in these earmarks, spending all this mm-hmm. money, doing all this stuff that y'all are doing, that stuff is jacked up. Even if it is some of it for a good cause, it's still some whack stuff. If that money doesn't go through the right channels through Congress the way it should, and now you can just pull this money out and and put it in your little pet projects, this is some bull yeah. crap. Okay. They need to make that illegal again. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else on the kissing list? Uh, I know I'm forgetting no. somebody. Oh, That's 45. It. We got yeah, 45, boy, 45 on uh, Who else did we forget? That's about it. Uh, Okay, I just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, that's it. I, I thought I had somebody else, but I don't know who's behind that one, so I'm going to let it go. Okay. Uh, okay, we got something for everybody on this week's Kiss It List. And here Kiss it my empire Welcome back to the John Party when he was Papa DD. I'm your kettle. Hello. In red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Right, all right, all oh, right. We're down to the last word. The last word. Kick it over to you, Papa DD. What's your last she word? Seemed, no, let me, I'll go last this time. Oh, you going last? You go. Okay, I'll go first then. My last word is shout out to everybody that's been going through some stuff this week. Just hold on. And uh, try to be at peace. That's all I can say. Hold on and try to be at peace. It'll get better. And that's my last word. Over to you, Kettle. Uh, my last word is, uh, I don't know. D.C., we need to wake up. And hmm. it's, there's a lot going on today. Quite a bit of shootings. Um I've seen a lot of accidents today, and it's just like, hey, what is going on? I mean, full moon, universe is turning sideways. I'm not sure what it is, but um, I just say keep your relatives close and enemies far away, I guess. Uh, But D.C. needs to wake up. We need to wake up. That's my last word. Okay. All right. Well, over to me. Uh, I, I just want to put a final word out to something really personal for me. Um, you know, sometimes dates come into our mind, and 
uh, like yesterday's date, the 21st of April, like um, Franklin and Delta Roosevelt said about the uh, Pearl Harbor War, when he talked about December 7th being a date that would live in infamy. You know, that's the date that my baby boy passed away. And uh, that's the date I will always remember. It came on sudden. It came on unexpected. And uh, to try to understand it and try to famish it is so hard to do because you just don't believe it because when people are so young, it's, you know, it's not even a reality. And you try to catch grip of it. And, and I'm not the first person to lose a member of the family or even a child or even a parent or whatever or anything that people have lost in their life. But when it hits so close to home or, or, or a human being that you help bring life to, it has a whole nother significance. And I take it every day, which is only the first day of it, and I will keep track of every day of it, every hour, every minute of it, to understand it and to try to bring it into grip and into focus. But to know that this gentleman was such a good person. He was such a good person. He was, and I'm not saying that biasly, but just keeping it real. The boy had never done drugs. He never done anything, didn't have any kind of police record. You know, he was just a straight-up guy. Always had a job, always had leadership. He was always a manager at everything he did. He was never like an employee. He always was a boss, a manager, assistant manager. That's what he applied for when he applied for jobs. And such a strong mindset with that. And such a nice person. Nothing I could say bad about him. He wasn't in any kind of trouble. God bless his soul. God bless his spirit. I don't want to expose his name, no, I don't want to expose anything about him, but he was my son, my child. God bless your spirit, God bless your horizon. I'll never forget you, I'll never forget what you stood for, I'll never forget what you meant to me. He was my first baby and my only baby, and you're always in my heart. You know, passed away, as they said, at 5.40 in the morning. On the 21st of April, 2022, God grabbed them out of our holes and took them into his lap. God bless you, June. Go in peace. Go in power. That's all I want. Amen. Okay. Well, that does it for us for tonight. We send our condolences to the family. And, of course, you know we're here for you. If there's anything that we can do to help or just to be supportive, uh, you know we're here for you. So we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll see you next Friday night on the Pajama Party Show. We're out. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Yabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me?
Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Party cool, people will be cute. No clothes for